left fielders. This is the Infielder Spotlight Podcast, powered by Left Field Investors. Our community is focused on networking and education to help people invest passively and think differently. Let's go. Welcome to the Infielder Spotlight episode, where one of our infielders share their story with host Chad Ackerman. Listen in to gain insights from our community on how to create financial freedom through passively investing in real assets that generate real cash flow. Hello and welcome to the Infielder Spotlight. I'm your host, Chad Ackerman, and with me today is infielder John Bolt. John, appreciate you joining us. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Appreciate being able to do this. Absolutely. So what we're trying to do is just share people from the community stories and thank them for being a part of our group and our network. So thank you for that. And we think there's some value in hearing these stories to help those that are not as far along in the journey as you are, maybe just to see what others have gone through and so forth. I think there's a lot of value in that. So we thought we'd just kick it off with maybe you giving us what your journey has looked like to this point. Where'd you start? What'd you get into to begin with? And we can talk about what's next later. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm still pretty green myself. Actually, I've only known about passive real estate investing for about nine months. Last summer, I received an article through another subscription service that was written by Jim talking about passive real estate investing. And just by coincidence, I had been talking to a couple of friends over the previous weekend about buying rental property. They had bought some long ago already and had made some good income off of it. And I thought I would like to do that as well. I have done that in the past. My dad was big into real estate when I was 18 years old. And each of us kids ended up with a property. The problem was it was a lot of effort. I could not always collect the rent. And what tenant wants an 18-year-old showing up at his door asking for money? So I probably wasn't the best landlord either. Just a lot of legal troubles. I had to evict people and go in front of the judge. And of course, they would come with pictures of cockroaches. And immediately, he would put it aside and say, okay, well, they get another free month because you have an infestation there to clean out. And nothing about that. They would leave dirty dishes all over. And anyway, horror stories like that. So I I was just kind of thinking to myself, well, there's always the option of doing REIT investing as well through the stock market. But then I ran across Jim's article Shortly after that conversation, I thought, wow, is that even possible? I'll have to look into this a little bit more. And sure enough, as I looked more and more, I subscribed to the Left Field Investors newsletter and then decided to order the Hands-Off Investor book by Brian Burke and was kind of introduced that way. And at the same time, I was doing uh, daily walks in the summertime around the neighborhood and I'm listening to podcasts. And so I went through the Left Field Investors podcast library and just kind of started listening all the way from the beginning and all the way caught up to current. And that taught me a lot. I learned a lot just that way. So in the beginning, of course, it's I didn't know this thing existed. And then it kind of blossoms to an education process of learning what it's all about and what the terminology is. So right around probably September, late August, It was mid-July when I read that article, roughly. And so by the end of summer, I had a call with Jim to talk further about it and also ended up joining the 
left field investors community at that time and getting into the forum. Great. Yeah, it's the six degrees of Jim Piper, I think, before it's over with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what was your first deal then in the passive side? You've got the active side that I'm impressed by your wherewithal to go through the active experience and maybe that pushed you into the passive side. I don't know, but to at least stick with real estate investing. Yeah. So I was in the trouble of not having any money to invest, to be honest with you. And I had followed Dave Ramsey all along and paying down my mortgage very steadily. And that was a big hurdle for me was that these investments take a lot of money. They're they're not like the stock market where you can just invest a thousand bucks at a time and kind of cost average your way in. It's a big hit up front. So I was listening to a podcast one day and the quote that came across was, you don't lack resources, you lack resourcefulness. And the context of that was talking about taking out debt to pay for real estate. And I would have done that had I bought a rental property anyway. I just didn't think of using my own home equity as that debt to do that with. And so that's the journey that I set up for myself to get a HELOC started so I could do the investing. That's great. I mean, you saw that that was an avenue that could fill the void that gave you capital to get going into it. I'm assuming you studied the interest rates on the HELOC versus what you would expect to get in a passive investing deal. And it made sense to you that this would work out. Yep, absolutely. Good. So what was the first deal then? What did you take the HELOC and go get into? So my first deal was with Kenny Wolf from Wolf Investments. I had met with Kenny. I should say my first deal was very nerve wracking. It's a lot of money. Probably at that time, it was the most I think I have ever spent in one chunk. Usually even our vehicles were 15 to 20,000, not 25 plus. So this was a big step. And I, it was nice that the left field investors had a community gathering in Columbus and Kenny was going to be there and I was able to take my wife. So I had buy-in from my other half to actually start on this. And to be honest, she's a better person analyzer anyway. So if Kenny was going to be a used car salesman, I don't think I would have headed down that road, but it was just nice to talk to him and get to know him better. And I felt very comfortable. And so did my wife afterwards. So one of the things that he had as an investment was a typical apartment multifamily syndication. So it was the standard buy it, fix it up, rent it out and sell it again type of thing. And I wanted to start off with something like that, that was very traditional, very normal. In his wheelhouse, he had done it hundreds of times. And so this wasn't going to be a surprise thing for him to tackle. So that was my first deal. Hello, Left Field community. This is founder Sean Donnelly. I just want to say thanks to all of you. The sharing of our varying experiences, backgrounds, reasons for investing, and even our different goals is what makes our group unique. Jim, Steve, Chad, Ryan, and myself love what is happening at LFI, and it is because of you. Keep finding your voice, and let's invest smarter together. All the best. And it does take a lot to take that first action step. What do you think was the biggest thing that helped you get over that hurdle of writing that check? What got you comfortable? You've kind of explained it, but what really kind of triggered you being able to make that decision to go ahead and write that big check and move into this space? Yeah. So probably the biggest thing for me was meeting Kenny in person, being able to 
look him in the eyes and shake his hand and kind of get a feel for who he was as a character. Just meeting the syndicator just helps tremendously. If you can do it via video instead of phone, that's good too. I happen to be able to go meet him in Columbus personally, which was great for me. The second thing was to use the Left Field Investors Analyzer and just really dig into the nuts and bolts of the deal. To use Brian Burke's Hands-On Investor or Hands-Off Investor book to kind of as a cross-reference to check all the things that Kenny was telling me in his investment package and to go back to the book and use that as a reference to look things up and to say, oh, okay, that's what that means. Here's how that's going to affect the deal. Here's what happens if something doesn't go right on the property. Here's what's going to happen that sort of thing. So those two things combined and then being able to invest only 25,000 in the deal. The minimum was 50. I asked Kenny if I could lower. So sending off 25 was much easier than sending off 50 would have been for my first deal. But great that you had the wherewithal to ask because a lot of times we don't ask and a lot of sponsors are okay with the first time you invest with them, giving you a discount to get in, to try it out and kick the tires, if you will. So yeah, absolutely. I would not have known to do that. I didn't even know that was probably wouldn't have even known that was possible had I not been part of the left field investors community and really read about that in the forum section. Great, great. That and we would have strong armed him when he was here in town for you. And okay. <laughs> yeah. That you lighter. So it's been a short period of time, but you've gotten into other deals or is it just the one still, or have you gotten into some others? I have. I decided to diversify out and my next deal was a industrial triple net lease through Mag Capital. So I didn't meet the guys at Mag Capital in person, but just over a Zoom call, I got a really good feeling from them as well and good reviews from the investment uh, community at the infield community. One of our preferred partners. We like them a lot. Absolutely. Good. Good. So two deals is what you're in right now. I actually, I have, I'm in six. Oh. So I decided to, for each of my deals to go in at just half of the minimum. So 25. And I even asked Kenny for another deal to get in at 25 as well. So I have about 200,000 invested at this time in six deals. It's a mixture. I have a fund, actually two funds. One is a triple net fund from Kenny again, a commercial real estate investment fund, and another fund from uh, LifeBridge Capital where they're doing apartments. That fund is really a mixture. They have a stabilized portion. About a third of them are stabilized. A third of them are fix and flips, and a third of them are ground up development. So a little bit of mix in that one. And then I did do a development deal in office to multifamily conversion with Kenny as well. So that's quite some diversity you've gotten already then in your first six. So good for you. Yeah. I wanted a bit of very low risk. So that's the triple net lease type. I wanted mid risk, which is multifamily. And in my mind, the fix and flip type. And then I wanted some higher risk with the office conversion. Yeah. Good. Very nice. And I should ask you earlier, I forgot to ask you, John, forgive me, but What's your life outside of the passive world? Are you in a W-2 still? Is this what you do full-time? What's that allotment look like? Yeah, I am still in a W-2. So thankfully, at the time I was going through all of this, I had some extra time from work and I'm not as busy as I am right now. So I was able to do that. But typically, I'm very busy day to day. Yeah, yeah. No, I understand. Well, I'm glad you were able to, to fit this in. So it's been a short period of time, but you've gotten a lot done in that short period of time. 
any lessons learned along the way? Anything that's registered of, okay, I don't need to do that again next time, or hopefully not. Hopefully you've been having a good track record so far. Yeah. So for me, getting the money to the syndicator was kind of a hassle for me. I did wire transfer first, but that for my bank, it was $30 to do that, which I thought was pretty high. So I decided, you know what, the bank is offering bill pay. And so I'm just going to use bill pay and I'll bill pay it over to them. That was terrible. (laughs) Talk about nerves when that check didn't show up. And then I realized that the bill pay checks are you can actually kind of bend them so you can see the fig, the dollar amounts inside. They're not really sealed. It's kind of a card stock that they do it on. So that's definitely not a good way to go because you lose your money right away and then it goes to the bill pay provider. So to track that down, you needed to recover the money. That would be hard. So I think for me from now on, I will probably do the wire transfer because to spend a weekend with nausea in my stomach, wondering where my $25,000 is in the whole process of, did it even make it to Kenny's or wherever I sent it? Did it make it to the syndicator? Yeah, no, I get it. Well, that's a valuable lesson to learn. Hopefully you didn't get burned. The money did show up. It did. It did eventually. It takes about 10 days and, or at least for the check it did. And during that time, boy, when it gets close to the end of that 10 days, you're kind of feeling the butterflies in your stomach of, still not there. It's still not there. It's still not there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad it showed up. I'm glad it didn't turn into an awful experience anyway. Yeah. So this is great. So I'll kind of wrap it up, but by asking you what's next on the journey for you, what do you see? I assume passive investing is still going to be part of your wealth strategy. Were any goals set or plans here for the near future in this space? Yeah. I hope to look more into investing in cryptocurrency and that sort of thing. So I have several, I guess, pegs to my stool that I like to sit on for retirement. And I would like to add another income stream through cryptocurrency. And I noticed the infielders is going to be offering a little bit of presentation on that as well. Yeah, it's a subject we just can't ignore. It seems like it's great. It's got a lot of attention. It's growing. It's got risk that's fun to watch, I guess, as well. So it's TBD, but it's definitely worth looking into, it seems like anyway. So that's great. Well, good. John, I appreciate it. Thank you for the time. Thanks for joining us on the podcast and everything. This was great. I really enjoyed talking to you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Hi, left fielders. I'm Matt Pacheni. My journey from actor to full-time investor and operator of thousands of apartment units has taught me a lot about what goes on behind the scenes of a deal. I'm here to share my insider's knowledge of passive investing with you, helping you make informed decisions about how to invest your hard-earned cash, put your money to work where it can make a positive impact, and write your own story. Head on over to Pacheni.com where you can book a free strategy session with me to learn more about my approach to real estate investing. That's P-I-C-H-E-N-Y.com. Thanks for hanging out in the infield with us today. If you're interested in becoming an infielder, you can find us at leftfieldinvestors.com or you can send me an email directly at chad at leftfieldinvestors.com. Thank you for listening to the Passive Investing from Left Field podcast. If you enjoy the show, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and rate and review the show. 
This show is for entertainment purposes only. Nothing said on the show should be considered financial advice. Before making any decisions, consult a professional. This show is copyrighted by Passive Investing from Left Field and Left Field Investors. Written permissions must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting.